Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Tyra Sweet and we enjoy some vodka crayons with a splash of Sprite. Tyra is a writer, actor, and host based in Toronto. She is a graduate of the Second City Conservatory and of the BIPOC TV and Film Kids TV Writing Bootcamp, taught by John May and mentored by Aaron Dunn. Tyra is probably best known for her work in kids entertainment. She was previously a co-host on both YTV's The Zone as well as Kid Food Nation The Show. And she has written for TVO Kids Backyard Beats, as well as Family Junior's The Fabulous Show with Faye and Fluffy. Currently, Tyra is the script coordinator for season two of CBC's Run the Burbs, and is also writing a new animated series with Epic Story Media. As a queer biracial woman, Tyra is determined to create work that reflects her lived experiences, while also accounting for and representing the experiences of others in a responsible and equitable way. So Tyra is an actor, a writer, a host, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Tyra. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this today with me. Well, thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. It's so funny because I don't know you well at all. Like I've maybe done one comedy show maybe with you but maybe maybe right like I'm thinking maybe Corey Birch's show I was trying to think of this today I don't know oh probably maybe yes yes I don't know I don't who's know to say? who's, who's to, say? to say but I have such uh like I hold you in such high regard I just think you are oh so God. wonderful you make me so happy when I think of you or I'm around you. Is this oh, coming across stalker? Nice. So I'm just it very is. happy. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I was <laughs> going for. We have to end. The, it was like the shortest podcast episode yeah. in the history of the show. Okay, so today we're drinking vodka crayon with a splash of Sprite. What makes this your go-to drink? I'm just so <laughs> basic. <laughs> I like, I... I like, I'll like drink anything. Yeah, but, yeah, same. But like, I'm not picky and like, I'm not like, I'm not like a beer person. I'm not a wine person. I'm not a cocktail person. <laughs> I'm just like, what's easy to say and who always has it? What's easy to say? It's funny because when you're like, I'm, no. I'm not picky, I'm easy. And then you listed all the things that you don't, I thought you were listing what you won't drink, but I realized oh. you're like, no, I'm not a, an, a beer only person. I'm not a... I'm the same. I'm like, what's the cheapest? And I and yeah. I would like for it to taste good, but I think most drinks taste good. So I'm not, it's not too tricky for me. Agreed. Like, I'm just like, ah, it's something a little bit sweet. Yeah. Easy to get. Yeah. Like you said, cheap. Yeah. I'm there for it. I'm the same. So yeah. I have to tell you when I was making this drink before, right before we were recording, yeah. I was like, oh my God, perfect. When you said it, I thought, oh, I have all those, like I have vodka, I have cranberry juice and I'll just go grab some Sprite. This is so easy. This is fabulous. Yeah. And then today I was going to make my little cocktail and I realized I thought I had cranberry juice, but I have like the pure, pure cranberry, like where oh, it's not good No. because my the vet thought my dog had a um, UTI, which she didn't have. Oh. So she was just getting some cranberry for a while. Aww. So I'm drinking my dog's UTI cranberry. So I put, uh, mine is a little bit more like a vodka Sprite with some cranberry it's versus- like a little- Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I did have to, yeah. I, felt, I felt like I was lying and I had to just be transparent about that here. I'm glad that you said something. Okay, great, something great. seemed off to me and I was like, <laughs> okay, this doesn't feel right. No, she's lying <laughs> straight to my face and I yeah. can sense it. That lipstick on her mouth is full pure cranberry and I can tell yeah. it's not cranberry juice. Exactly. Actually, I wore this lipstick for you because you're so fabulous at makeup. I, was like, I have to put on some highlighter. I have to try. I don't have the makeup oh, skills, but I have to like try and do something. Yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. The The color is great. I oh my God, it. thank you. It's the third one I put on. And when you start to rub off lipstick and then put it on again, it looks like you've been making out for five hours. Like, so it's then true. I, yeah, it's so bad. I tried to put yeah. a feeler around it like they do on TikTok and it wasn't going uh, well. You no, know, you have to like be confident in the color that you pick. 
Okay. Already yeah. getting no. tips. No, no, seriously. I'm like, oh my God, I'm already sucking up the wisdom. Well, also though, I say that because like this year and like it was super popular on TikTok. So maybe you've already heard of it, but I got into this like NYX uh, lipstick that is like transfer proof. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's the one I'm wearing. That's the stuff. That's what I'm wearing right now too. It's so good and it's so scary. You have to it commit. Is, You're right. It is. It yeah. is. It's not like like taking regular lipstick off is like one thing because you're right it's like very mm -hmm. messy it goes all over the face <laughs> but taking that stuff off is like it's like you've painted yourself with like glue glue it's at yeah. home tattoo removal it's it's horrendous the first time exactly. i took it off i had to do like a little lip scrub or something because mm -hmm. which it's great when you're wearing it and then you i just am like i won't think about it but at the end I mean, it's amazing. It does what it says. It doesn't say it'll, it says it'll come off. It's going to be difficult to get it off. So, yeah. I mean, it, it says it, but like, I also went for a, cause I was wearing like kind of yellows and golds kind of, I was like, oh, I'll go for this purple one. I went for in chart. Oh my God. So opposite to how I feel in charge. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I swung big. The nail polishy like lacquer at the end really shows you like good luck getting this off oh yeah absolutely which one are you wearing do you know the name of it uh i don't have it nearby i have another one nearby <laughs> oh i have that one too yes i love that one ambition statement yeah this is like my like neutral like yes. go-to yeah it's love so it. good you're a professional yeah. who doesn't have it right beside i literally have it beside out of anxiety being like maybe i'll need to reapply also i won't though and i can't anything can happen anything anything happen. can happen maybe that cranberry juice is going to yeah yeah <laughs> suck all the color off of your lips yeah yeah yeah. it gets rid of utis and also <laughs> lip stains it's exactly. like so powerful it's so powerful exactly. well tyra since i don't know you very well i'd love to start at the beginning when did you know you wanted to work in the arts oh so recently really yeah <gasps> okay so to yeah walk, yeah what what made you realize that you wanted to work in the arts basically i'll try and make a long story short <laughs> as much <laughs> as i can but i did a year of university after high school and i hated it mm -hmm. and i had no idea what i was doing as most people have a similar experience and i decided to take a year off and i was like okay like uh, it's time to figure out what i'm gonna do and I had a lot of anxiety um, after like leaving university. And so I felt like really restricted by that. And I ended up, I think like maybe I saw an ad for it or my mom sent me an email about it. I don't know. But um, either way, I found out about Improv for Anxiety at Second City. Yeah. Yeah, which Cam Algy runs. Shout out to Cam. And I was like, you know, I was like 19 and I was like, okay, I don't really know what improv is and I don't really have any interest in like performing, but this thing says it's for anxiety. So <laughs> I'll give it a go. It's this or therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cheaper too. Yeah. 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 And so I was like, okay, well, I'll give this a go. And I did. And it helped a lot with my anxiety, obviously. Mm. But then at the same time, I was like, oh, Okay, I kind of like this like improv thing like this is kind of fun and yeah from from there on I just like did all the improv classes and I did conservatory and then and then I wasn't even really planning to have um a career in the arts I mm. I finished doing like all of my improv training and stuff and then I was like okay well it's time to go figure out my life I've taken like <laughs> three or four years off of school and now it's time to go back and so I did I went to Humber for a year when I was 21, 22 for digital communication. And I loved it. It was mm. supposed to be, it was a four-year program. And at the end of the first year, my good friend, Spencer Litzinger, uh, who was a host on YTV and still is, uh, reached out to me and was like, oh, YTV is looking for a host. You should audition. And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> because like, I love, I loved improv and I love performing and I loved like, learning about that part of myself in my early 20s but I was never like I can make money doing this <laughs> I was like why bother trying like 
you can do improv on like whose line is it anyway and make money but there's only four guys that do that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Who am I, gonna do? I, I might as well go to school and yeah and then it wasn't until like it was like right in front of me where it was like oh I can actually like I can do this as like a job I didn't realize it all right now I'm ready to pursue this so it took it was recent but then it also like took some time after like realizing it mm-hmm what do you think it was that um, Spencer saw in you that made her be like, oh, Tyra, you should audition for this? That's such a great question. Her and I, so right before I auditioned, I was a photographer and I was doing, I was doing like lots of portraits and I was doing lots of headshots for yeah. people yep. in the Toronto comedy community, <laughs> as you may know. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and not too long before Spencer reached out to me about the audition, her and I had shot together. I had done some portraits for her. And when I was photographing people, I was very engaging and I was very like uplifting and positive. And I always wanted people to have fun and feel good while mm -hmm. I was taking their photos. And like, mm -hmm. I think that really resonated with Spencer. Mm -hmm. And so when they were looking for someone, I think because of that experience that we had together that was kind of like at the forefront of her mind like we had done a little bit of improv together mm -hmm. but um that was like our most recent kind of experience together at that time it's like you were auditioning and you didn't even know it you never know you know you when you're auditioning know. for a role you just never know truly you always have to be on you're, oh my god yeah it's so you can true. never relax you can never relax everything is an audition everything leads to the next thing exactly well on the on the note of you working as a photographer I, I'm so curious, like, okay, so, t so when I go, I'm like getting nervous thinking about getting headshots done. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I get headshots done for listeners and viewers, headshots are photos of actors that are basically like a business card, but eight by 10, but digital yeah. online mostly now. <laughs> anyway, it's yeah. a photo of us to be like, Hey, do you want to cast me in your McDonald's commercial? This is what I look like. But there's a lot of pressure because you typically are going to use like a couple of them. So it's not like you can have a lot of you're not going to have a lot of opportunities to get a bunch of variety in them. And also you want, there's this pressure that they need to encapsulate everything that you are and your whole personality. And, you know, so I get very stressed when I go. It's so different for me when it's a moving camera versus still camera. It's so different. So yeah. I'm curious, like, what did taking photos of other people teach you about being able to get your photo taken? Like you being able to be the subject. Ah, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so sweet. I can I say know. that after all the questions. Honestly, honestly, I can use I could use the ego boost. I don't mind. <laughs> what did it teach me get, about getting my own photo taken? Uh, to be honest, like it it's more it's more practical than anything. Like yeah. it's just like mostly like ankles and stuff. Yes, and like yes. I always like say when I'm taking photos of people that like if it feels weird, it looks good. <gasps> really. Yeah, there's something so bizarre about like the whole like pulling your shoulders back, having your chin forward, chin down, and like, yes. like, and like just getting in the right spot and for the photographer to also get in the right spot for it to like somehow look so natural when you feel like your bones are gonna like break at any moment. <laughs> I'm not saying that getting your photo should be like uncomfortable, but it's just like a different way of like understanding your body mm -hmm. in front of a camera. It's very mm -hmm. bizarre. You really have to trust the photographer, you know, like you really have to like, okay, this feels weird, but I'm going to relax in my face and I'm just going to trust that the photographer, I mean, ideally you do, you are able to trust that the photographer knows what they're doing. Totally. Yeah. I still don't know my angles. I don't know the light. Yeah. It's a very bizarre experience that like, it's truly a trust the process experience. Yeah. And it's very vulnerable. Yeah. Like you really get to know, you really have to be vulnerable with the photographer because you might feel a little silly or you're kind of trusting them to capture who you are in a very short amount of time, especially like if someone's coming in that you've never met before and you're taking their headshot, you kind of have to know what they're all about quite quickly in order to capture that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like, it, I feel like I learned more about like communicating with people during that like s little career stint I had yeah. than like any other time <laughs> in my life. 
of like connecting with people really quickly and like getting them to relax and like mm-hmm. letting them know that you're that they're safe there and mm-hmm. like that sort of that like absolutely you know translated really quickly to like becoming an on-camera host because when people are watching you they have to know that like that you've got them and that mm-hmm. like they can trust you and that like nothing's gonna go wrong yeah yeah and very much in improv I feel like too or even in stand-up like I'm up on stage, audience, you can relax. You don't have to be worried for me. I know that this would stress you out, but I'm okay. I got it. I feel like it could translate really well for you, like directing too, like directing anything, sketch, film, whatever, being able to communicate and work with people. Communication skills, (laughs) applicable all the time. Hey, you would know. You went to university for it. Exactly. You You did that. So how did you go from hosting on YTV to then also like how did you get into writing for TV as well um basically through hosting mm-hmm. um after I had been on zone for about a year I had just like I had just expressed to the producers that I was interested in writing for the program and it wasn't unusual for hosts to write scripts for the show. You know, it's a daily show. And so you need lots of people writing lots yeah. of stuff. And so <laughs> I think that, you know, they were, they were very open to the idea of me writing. And so I just started, uh, yeah, writing a couple segments here or there. And then eventually started writing like full days worth of segments. And uh, I realized that I really liked it. And it made sense for me at the time to get into writing that way because I knew how to write for a hosted show because I had been doing it for that year Mm -hmm. and it was like oh like this is like I can just kind of sit here and like think of like what it would feel like if I was in the studio right now and like things that I could say and like things that I could do with the other co-hosts and so once that kind of started I um, applied for this program through BIPOC TV and film it's the kids TV writing boot camp. I think they might call mm. it an intensive now. And I got into that and I learned more about kids TV writing through mm. that program. And it just kind of like skyrocketed a little <laughs> bit there. I've read that you've said like you grew up watching The Zone. I mean, so did I like yeah. watching it. And I wonder like, how did the experience of hosting on YTV compare to what you expected or what you imagine from like watching it on TV all those years? That's so cool. Yeah, it was incredibly surreal because I, especially when you're a kid, like seeing something on television on such a regular basis and like knowing who the hosts are and stuff, you're like, that is fame. And that is (laughs) like, that is like important and big. And like, it stays with you that way because like, that's the way it seems. And so when I ended up on the show, it was, how is this even <laughs> real? Yeah. Like, I like it, I really couldn't kind of wrap my head around it. But yeah, like the experience of it is kind of exactly what I was sort of hoping for in terms mm. of like bringing that same sort of like big magical feeling to kids across mm. the country. Because it's really easy to forget when you're in the, the studio is smaller in person than it looks on TV. And it's, you know, me and whoever I was hosting with and then the camera person and our um, floor director. And we had people across the hallway um, doing audio and that sort of thing. And so it's all adults who are working mm. on the show. There, there are no kids on the show. And so it can be easy to sort of forget that, like, you're making it for kids And something that stuck with me that Spencer had mentioned to me in like the early days of being on the show was just like really looking down the barrel of the camera and remembering that there are kids at the other end Mm. of it. And yeah, I had like, you know, a number of opportunities while I was there to like meet kids in different places. And it was, that was like the most special part of the job for sure. Mm -hmm. Because even I grew up like, watching Carlos on The Zone. He was like Mm -hmm. my host and uh, he works for ET Canada, which is also chorus owned. And so like, I met him like one of my first days. Oh, so weird. And I was like, cool. (laughs) 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 Cool. Just transported back to being a kid, like all over again. 
Truly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I think it's such a great reminder too, like that you're making, remembering that you are making TV for kids, but also like, oh, remember when I was a kid, like I'm making TV for them now. Wow. What's what a like full circle. It really is. Especially with social media. There's such a, there's such a blurred line now between like what character you play on TV and who you are in real life or who you're allowed to be in real life. Almost like, mm -hmm. especially I think when you're hosting, absolutely it's authentic and a version of yourself, but I could imagine that there's a lot of pressure on hosts that people assume that's who you are. Like we're expecting that's exactly who you are. And so I'm wondering like, has, I guess has being on TV as a host on kids shows, like created any sort of pressure for you in your personal life where either you want to keep hidden the parts of your life that aren't like, I'm using air quotes, like aren't like kid friendly or the opposite way, like want to show people, Hey, I'm a whole person. There's also, I'm also an adult. And there's also all these parts too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And definitely something that I've sort of like kind of grappled with this year since, mm. um, excuse me, moving on from zone. Cause I was mm. on there for two and a half years and yeah, like I spent, you know, those, those years, like learning sort of how to mold myself into mm. like a kid friendly version of myself. Yeah. Um, which like, I didn't really realize was happening. <laughs> right, uh, I was right. kind of like, okay, this is what's like required of me. I'll like walk in through the mold. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, you know, all of a sudden you, can't say certain things on social media you have to make sure that like your clothes are appropriate mm -hmm. um particularly as a woman oh interesting okay I mean I shouldn't yeah. say interesting I'm like well yeah now that I think about it yeah there would yeah. be more of that yeah. pressure yep that exactly makes sense. it's or, yeah, yeah it's just it's always there and so mm -hmm. yeah I definitely like noticed myself kind of like because you're right it is still like an authentic version of myself mm -hmm. but it was heightened and it was kid friendly mm -hmm. and it took a lot of energy mm -hmm. like um while we were whenever we would film especially when I first started like I would be gone um like the day after filming like mm -hmm. I couldn't like function because it required like so much energy uh, mm -hmm. particularly during COVID because we weren't filming with our co-hosts. And so oh, it was like, hard. we were just filming alone yeah. and like having to like kind of created out of nowhere. It was mm -hmm. very tiring. And so it was sort of like an expectation where like, I knew that people who would meet me or people that like saw me like online a lot. And when they would see me in person, would be like anticipating mm. that mm -hmm. and would it be anticipating that I was like younger than I am because mm. like I sort of had like a presentation of like having like a youthful essence to yeah. me uh, and and so yeah over the past like two and a half years like I really kind of built that up for myself in my head and I felt like I always kind of had to uphold it Mm -hmm. And since moving on uh, this year, it's sort of been like a, whoa, I'm not Tyra on the zone anymore. I'm just Tyra. Yeah. And like, sort of like reclaiming like parts of myself that I had sort of like pushed aside to like make room for like this really big personality that I was has been like really interesting to like be like oh yeah that. <laughs> I'll take that back <laughs> hey I remember this part of myself yeah what were some of the what were some of the um parts of yourself that you were like oh my god I'm so happy that I can have you back or or just that I can express those parts of me what what parts did you kind of forget or did you miss especially <laughs> it's so juvenile um <laughs> <laughs> um I I swearing online that's fair oh and it's so funny because when we signed on I was like Tyra you can swear on this podcast no problem and you're like oh who knows what'll happen and now I'm seeing I, that in a whole new light yeah <laughs> I know you said that and I and in my head I was like yes but then I was also like 
as if you're actually going to do that, Tyra. Like, you are way too well trained right. to do that. <laughs> I'm going to get one swear word in before the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're going to down your drink and you're going to be so excited. Well, exactly. No, but, but I mean, even just knowing that you can express yourself in any way you want and the only backlash theoretically that will happen is just on you, but it's not going to affect your job. Like, I think that's a big. That's a huge freedom, even if you don't really say fuck, knowing that you can totally. is, is huge. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been like a weird kind of like, I'm I'm still scared to do it, yeah. which is the weird part because I wouldn't have been before. Like, that's sort of what I mean about kind of reclaiming parts of myself where like wow. beforehand it, it I would be able to, it, it's just like things that you don't think about before you're like put into this very bizarre niche situation where like now I'm like oh saying this like <laughs> is that allowed it's very bizarre wow well two and a half years is it like that's a long time I wonder like I almost think maybe it would have been easier if it would have been a scripted show where you were playing a character even if that character was close to who you were but the fact that you were hosting so it was like a, 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 a piece of you, maybe not all of you, but a piece of you being authentic on there. I feel like maybe it's even harder to to separate or to come out of that. Um, yeah. Do you feel like you can relate to like the Disney stars who like who like come out of their, like the Demi Lovatos and stuff who are like, now I'm gonna finally be myself and I'm gonna, and not to, and in no way too am I meaning to like discount YTV or any of that. I totally no, like, obviously. no, but, but now, you know, it's like I when you're talking about it, I'm thinking of the Disney stars who are I guess they were kids and now they're adults. So you almost have a different experience of like, I'm an adult, but I need to be kid appropriate. Okay, so Yeah. Going into that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do I, I I guess like I I do relate to them a little bit, but I don't think I am <laughs> going to like do like what Miley Cyrus did for a right. few years. Kind of thing. Right, right. Oh, okay. You're not going to be like Christina Aguilera, we'll Demi Lovato. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have this soundbite now, so who knows if we'll cut back to it in a couple of No. Sorry, you do. Yeah. I mean, sky's the limit. If you want to swear twice on this podcast, sky's the limit for you. And then we'll cut back to being like, I don't think I'm going to do what Miley did where she said fuck twice in one interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my Miley moment. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Well, it is interesting because even like I'll think about, um, I will think about what I'm posting online sometimes or what I'm saying online or whatever through this filter, but I, but it, it's for no, I don't have a job. Like it's for like, a bit, I don't know how I'm explaining this. I've had like the tiniest bit of vodka, like, like a potential <laughs> job. Like I'm almost like, if I say this, will it close doors? And it took a really long time. I mean, it's still taking time for me to realize I don't need to have every door open. It's okay if some close, cause they're probably not for me. And if I am myself, then the right doors will be open. But it was very, I was very afraid to lose or uh, lose opportunities or potential, potential opportunities because of expressing who I was. And I think that was also like when we were younger, that was more a thing. And now it's almost like people's celebrity status is tied to their political views or is tied to those kinds of things anyway, like your, your voice. Actually, I wanted to ask you about your voice, your, your, your voice as an artist. This is like yes. a weird, perfect segue that just happened. Like, <laughs> thank you, Tyra, for that. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Who knows what you'll do, you know? <laughs> Take a little bow. Okay, yes, because, and it's inspired by when I was reading your professional bio and in your professional bio, part of it, you say as a queer biracial woman, and I was inspired by this. I was thinking about it because it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately that like in order to get hired in this industry, whether it's like acting or writing, it feels so important that people are able to tell what your voice is as an artist. And I, and for listeners and, and viewers, like, Tyra, I know you know what I mean by voice, but I'll just say, so like your voice is like who you are and your point of view in the world and as a person. And so therefore like what will come out in your art. And so like, for example, if Tyra and I were writing a show and the character was someone who like loved fashion and loved celebrity gossip, and we had two actors we were gonna cast, we had like Mindy Kaling or we had like Seth Rogen, we're probably gonna hire Mindy Kaling because she's very <laughs> open, right? About how she loves fashion and how yes. she, and the characters she's written for herself, like love celebrity gossip, whatever. Yeah. And that's in acting or writing. And I'm not trying to say that like you can only 
act as characters or like write for characters that are the same as you as a person but you will be especially good at doing it if you're walking through the if you walk through life this similar way and then mm -hmm. some aspects like you need to match the character voice like if our fashion gossip celebrity character was also from india we're not casting seth rogan like we're casting mindy kaling like there's certain things where it needs to be the same yeah. okay i feel like i went on forever but i was like if i start talking about the like the voice an artist's voice and like i'm i'm thinking of some of my friends who listen and if they don't know what that is i'm doing a disservice yeah. okay thank you for coming on the journey with me okay so yes yeah, so knowing like an actor or writer's voice really helps with casting and then ultimately helps like figure out what stories you can tell or should tell um or would be especially good at telling okay mm -hmm. so with all of that freaking preamble i i want to ask you about like how much pressure do you feel posting online or just putting it out there so that people who are casting shows or like hiring writers for shows know who you are and what you're all about do you feel that pressure i feel that pressure and i'm not someone who i I don't necessarily want to go out and be like, I'm this, or I love this. I feel this way. And sometimes I feel like I need to be more vocal about it so that people or, or experiences I've had in my life that like maybe are painful or confusing and I don't really want to talk about, but I realize, oh, those are the stories I want to tell. So do I, yeah. Do you feel pressure like needing to mm. yell that from the rooftop? So people know like you would be perfect to write for that show. Right. Well, First, I want to say that it mm -hmm. totally makes sense. I think that you would feel that pressure because especially, you know, online. And it, I was sort of thinking about this um, earlier when you were talking about, you know, deciding what to put out into the world mm. online, and like being worried about how people perceive you and stuff, because being online, especially as a creative who is looking to get hired. Yes, always, all the time. Yeah, all, all the time. Yeah. You're like, oh, I've co-opted my social media to be my resume and my proof that I'm a brand and I'm employable and such. So I totally, I totally hear that. And like, not, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I just like make a finsta like is that just for the kids or like should I make one of those so that I can just like relax for a second about like <laughs> who's gonna see this and like yeah. if I'm gonna get a job through it or whatever but to answer your question I I don't feel necessarily pressure to share those things um and to make clear like what my voice would be if someone were to hire me I'm I'm actually quite happy to share them for me, the part that I am most sort of concerned about it is <laughs> this is feels so bizarre to say, but mm. almost that like my perspective almost feels like too niche um, <gasps> at the moment. Okay, how so? Just from being like this mixture of like biracial and bisexual it's kind of like ah I'm like perfectly in the middle of both <laughs> anyone okay. looking for that anyone looking for that <laughs> right and it's like I just I'm just like is anyone taking this serious like seriously mm. when they see it or you know because I think especially like when it comes to sexuality and like bisexuality like bisexuality is like undercut like constantly and so you know it's I always I kind of I'm dealing with this um, in therapy um but like <laughs> we love therapy <laughs> therapy well, yeah I know yeah. I said that like improper anxiety was cheaper than yeah, therapy yeah, yeah. and it was but I did need to eventually take the leap yeah, yeah but then you got a job and then you could it's just like then you upgrade exactly. you could pay for it you upgraded yeah yeah totally exactly yeah <laughs> but uh, it's sort of like this weird I'm kind of just going through this sort of moment right now where I know that people are like everyone is using like their not using sorry but like putting their identities on mm -hmm. display mm -hmm. so that they are seen and get hired but I I'm always sort of moving through the world of like am I queer enough am mm. I person of color enough and like you know not ever wanting to feel like entitled to like gigs uh whether they're writing or acting but feeling also like I do have like a really specific voice and POV mm -hmm. and sort of trying to find like a place where that lives nicely mm. but I've been very lucky 
particularly this year to be working on run the burbs Mm -hmm. because you know in particular the family is biracial and they've got a queer uh daughter oldest daughter in the family and so i'm like that's me yeah you're not so niche babe so many people can relate to that yes exactly so uh, you know it's happening Mm -hmm. but yeah that's like the part of it that like i'm sort of like oh i want to share this but like does it resonate with like the people up there who are like making the decisions, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then almost like if it does, there's the guilt of like, am I taking up the space of somebody who's again, major, major air quotes, more queer than, you know, like, I mean, first of all, when you said like, am I enough in both categories? Like my heart wanted to interrupt you. If we weren't on a podcast, I would interrupt and (laughs) scream at you. Yes. With absolute (laughs) certainty. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I can totally understand that. And I wonder too, like, if it's compounded or is it compounded at all by the fact that you're a queer woman in a relationship with a man, with a lovely man for a long time and other people know it. Like it's not, not that it'd be a secret relationship. I just mean that you've been together long enough that people know online you're together. So do you ever experience kind of that like bisexual erasure in that, that makes you even more so want to be like, hi, don't erase my queerness. Like I'm still here. Yeah, a thousand percent, a million thousand times percent, a hundred, yes. (laughs) A hundred thousand percent, yes, yes. Uh, Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's that experience of like starting to date my partner. We've been together for five and a half years now and starting to date my partner and then only realizing and coming to terms with my queerness, like, two and a half, three years into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's still a part of myself that I want to honor. And I know is true because like, there were so many signs. (laughs) (laughs) Like I know that it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I can't like stop like trying to trick myself. (laughs) But, but it's like, it's sort of that experience of like, you know, I, I've told myself that it's not true for so long because of like the relationships that I've had with men and in particular this long-term relationship that I have with um, a man and knowing that if I'm doing that to myself it's a result of the environment around me and Mm. knowing that like you know just seeing by erasure on the regular and knowing that like by sharing this information about myself there probably are people who are not taking it seriously Mm -hmm. because like of not being queer enough mm-hmm. um, is discouraging for sure. But for me, like, I've sort of just been trying to take it as like, I just have to own it for myself as much as I can mm-hmm. and know that the important people in my life take it seriously as well. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like all I can do. And like, you know, whether it bleeds into my career or not, like, isn't really up to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless I'm making my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But you're right. I mean, ultimately it's funny. I feel like when people start living as their authentic queer selves, the narrative is that it's always the fear of what straight people will think, but then it's like, Oh, well, will queer people accept this? Like, like, will I, will I not be straight enough for the straight people, but am I going to be queer enough for the queer people? And it's like you said, that middle kind of slot. Yeah. I totally think you're right. The ultimately it's like, as long as you and your core loved ones are like giving you that validation, that's kind of the, the people you, you have to look to for that validation, but a hundred percent, you are enough in both categories, a thousand million percent. I know I, here I am being like only your core people's opinions matter. And then I'm like implanting mine in you, but I'm like 1000 million percent from anyone, <laughs> from anybody at all, from the random yeah. podcast host. Well, and it just really struck a chord. Cause when I'm reading your bio, like in my heart, I just thought like, it's a situation where it's a privilege. I understand that it is a privilege that people, um, well, it's partly a privilege that by looking at somebody, you don't assume right away they're queer. There is in straight presenting, there is privilege in that. And then also it somewhat can feel like it requires you to shout it out loud so that everybody knows. So it is this like back and forth kind of struggle. And I just, I see ya. I love you. I think Aww. you're wonderful and 100%. Oh, thank you. So um, 
now that I've dived you into all that, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ease the load for you a little bit. Oh my God. Your nails and your cups are so beautiful. You've had oh gosh, two different you. beautiful cups and your nails are so beautiful. And this is the third time that I've thought it. And both two times I'm like, Amanda, like, stop. Most people are listening to this versus watching. So like, don't call it out, but oh my God. Thank your you glass so well first of all your glasses on your face also the glasses you had in your hand and your manicure oh my gorgeous. goodness anything yeah. else oh, no i'm just kidding it. oh Thank my god we should so i much. should start a liquid courage magazine and i should just like photo shoot this whole thing and you can be the whole what is it the centerfold wait is yes. that just playboy or is that still I, like i don't know if that's still, that's definitely like a playboy thing right. but that must be i mean like in vogue all magazines have centerfolds maybe yeah. a fold out Fold out. You're going to be a fold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be a Vogue fold out. Here I am like, oh, do you do you relate to the Disney people? And then I'm like, Playboy. Like, no, we're not. The I was thinking Vogue. And then when I said centerfold, I'm like, oh, my God, I think that's the naked ones. Anyway, the middle main photo shoot of the magazine. Okay, so I know you're a fantastic improviser. I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions. Oh my God. Okay. These are just some random questions that I was thinking. I'm like, I'll okay. ask Tyler this. Okay, great. And like, okay. I, it should just be, what's your favorite color? Rapid fire. But they're a little bit harder than that. But you're an amazing okay. improviser. So I feel like it's going to be okay. Please. Okay, fabulous. Okay, okay, here we go. Okay. When you're feeling crappy, that can be sick, sad, whatever crappy means to you. What is your go-to movie or TV series that you rewatch all the time? Oh, um, <laughs> okay. You said rapid fire <laughs> and then my brain was like, Ooh. oh, okay. Yes. It's broad city. <gasps> oh, yeah. does your heart, here's rapid fire, but like I'm doing a rapid fire question. One, a yeah, follow up to the rapid fire. Um, <laughs> does your heart resonate with Abby or Alana more or neither? I feel like I resonate more with Abby, but I like want to be Alana. Oh, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. I mean, that's such a good answer. Such a good question. Who have I turned into with this vodka? Oh my God, Amanda, that's such a good question. That's such a good answer. I feel the same. And then mm -hmm. I have a close friend of mine who she feels like she's the Abby and she always calls me her Alana. And I'm like, ooh, I need to find friends who see me in the way I, I wish I was seen. You know what I mean? Yes. I love that. Abby Jacobson's book is really good. I don't know if you haven't read it. It's post Broad City, but also post mm -hmm. her falling in love with a woman for the first time and then going on this like cross country road trip to her next job and her being like, what the fuck and who the fuck am I and what's happening? And it was cool. such an awesome. I'll, I'll lend you the book, Tyra. No problem. Oh my God, that's so nice. I'll bring it over. <laughs> no problem. We'll take a photo shoot with it. Uh, we'll tag Abby. Maybe she wants to hang out with us. Sorry, my like follow up. Okay, rapid fire number two. You'd think we were at number 17. Okay. <laughs> You are so skilled at makeup. What? That was my rapid fire question. What's a makeup technique or trend that you really want to master right now? That like you're really trying to get a hold of? Graphic liner. It's like painting with a paintbrush, like artsy lines on your yeah. face. Yeah, exactly. And I I have been trying and if my if I take a photo far away enough, like it'll look okay. But like up close, <laughs> it's it's a mess and I could never like go outside the house with it but like <laughs> people who can do it who have got just like clean lines oh. and like can like do it I I just think it's incredible and I think it's so cool but I don't have like enough practice to like be like ah oh, this is what I'm gonna do today and then I'm gonna leave the house with my and then I'm gonna <laughs> leave the house a hundred percent you posted one though with pink eyeshadow and then like a white graphic line and it was beautiful Thank you so much. On Instagram, it was so good. Yes. Thank you so much. No, that's hard. That's what you want out of your makeup also. Like, it looks great from far away, but I'm not leaving the house. Yes. That's the goal exactly. of all, all the makeup looks. Okay. You've been cast. Next rapid fire question. You've been cast as the lead in a TV series. Who are you casting as your love interest? Oh, my God. Uh, who do I... I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out like who I even have like a celebrity like crush on mm. to fulfill this. To fulfill mm. this. <laughs> if you need a famous person to take acting classes, like if you need an athlete or a makeup artist or a writer to like be good at acting, I will fund the acting classes to put them in okay. the series. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, 
Taika Waititi. Wait, I don't know who that is. Taika Waititi is, uh, he is a director um, Mm -hmm. and he's also uh, like, he'll also put himself in his own movies, but he did the last two Thor movies. He directed those movies. And then he also did um, Jojo Rabbit. Oh. And uh, another one that I can't remember. Anyways, he's from New Zealand. And I just think that, like, people from New Zealand are so funny. Like, (laughs) I thought you were going to say hot. (laughs) That too. But just like, this is better. No, they're all like atrocious to look at, but they're super funny. They're so funny. (laughs) (laughs) But I just like love like the sense of humor that comes from New Zealand. Like, it's very like kind of dry and awkward and I really love it and um mm. and yeah I love Taika Waititi for that reason and he could direct it if you wanted exactly win-win win win-win yeah. win oh okay love that was perfect I love that you're like who do I know and then it was like this specific director from <laughs> New Zealand named the movies I'm like this is fabulous <laughs> it's like an all or nothing situation it was fabulous. yeah exactly it was amazing um okay I have two more you've been fully funded to do a photography exhibit at whatever museum you want. What kind of collection are you showcasing? Like, what are you, what's on display here in these photos? I'm taking the photos. Yeah, you're gonna be the photographer for this. It would probably be, and I did something similar to this when I was actually still doing photography, but I showcased this collection that I did called Mixed, Mm. and it was portraits of biracial people. Yeah, because oh, that's no, in a great way, in a great way. I should have shut up. Why did I need to tell you that I got chills? No, that's really nice. Yeah, like I, I just, I, I think there's like so much like beauty in like the way that so many biracial people look so different based off of like what their mix is, and you know, I think it's so uncommon when you're mixed to sort of see yourself especially like on uh tv and stuff to like really see other people who are mixed or have even like a shot at seeing someone who looks particularly like you Mm. and so yeah when I did that it was sort of like to fulfill that for like myself I did like a self-portrait and then I took photos of other biracial um, folks as well. And so it would probably be something like that. Wow. Because that really interests me. You could do 2.0 and it would be biracial and bisexual people, all of them. That's, yeah, oh. that would be, that would be sick. The next progression of it. Exactly. Oh, can you invite me? I want to buy I a ticket. Will. I'm coming to that exhibit. Okay, I'll fund, <laughs> I don't know what fund, I don't know what money I have, but I'll fund it somehow. I love it. Okay, I love it. And uh, my last one for you is, it's so funny that you said like it was only recently that you kind of like in your lifespan that you decided you wanted to be in the arts because I feel like you are so good at so many of them already, like performing and writing and photography and makeup and you play the violin, like all these things. So what new art form would you want to try if you had to start a new one? It would, okay. It wouldn't be like particularly new to me because I did do it when I was a kid but I would really like to be a good dancer uh, like yes. I would really like uh, yes. to can you tell I'm shit at dancing uh, uh, yes. Yes, yes. The same yes. Way. yes what kind of dancing what are what are you picturing because everyone says dancer and then I feel like everyone's picturing different styles in their head of what it means well that's the thing like I feel like I would want to like be a very well-rounded dancer so like like because I I mean (laughs) this is (laughs) it's so like I would like to do it because I would probably enjoy it but then also my mind is like and I could use it in my special skills on my (laughs) acting resume (laughs) isn't that all you're like I don't need a G license to drive but it would be great on my special skills I could be in a Nissan commercial no 100% 100% you're like it all relates back to the all really it's all it's all what can I use in the career but honestly I mean you could use it it would be like um double double whammy I hate saying two birds with one stone and I need to just find a new phrase and I can't think double whammy is good double whammy okay great and you'd be like a quadruple quad you'd be in like a seven time threat septuplet threat 
and a That's double whammy. Sammy. God, you'd be, you'd be, un- you would be unstoppable if only you knew how to dance. Yeah, right. You're already unstoppable. You're already. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, to um, fully wrap up, I just like, I'm trying to get better at putting it in the universe what I want. Ironically, we're meeting on Zoom in like five days for me to talk about one of those things with you. Um, yes. So, so I love that I'm being like, so I'm like put out in the universe and I'm just saying one of those things and not even being articulate about it on, on the recording. But <laughs> I wanted to, things. one of, you know, one of those things, those dance things. So for you, little, little manifesting, whether manifesting works or not, I don't know. But what's something that you would like to, for your career that you'd want to put out in your universe? or in your universe, it is your universe. What's something to put out in, in your universe that you'd like to bring your way professionally or personally? Someone might be listening to this and being like, oh, I have that opportunity, I'll give it to Tyra. Hmm. What I'd really like within the next year, and I already feel confident that it's coming, but I would like to act more and like ideally like find some like find myself in like a series leading role like that because I I've been really happy with my success this year just like you know once I moved on from zone I kind of had more opportunity to like really put myself out there for on camera um opportunities and I've had quite a few of them and so that's been really great and then I've also had like a like a wave of uh opportunity with with my writing as well uh and writing has really kind of been at the forefront for me this year and so to be able to yeah focus on being on camera would like be number one for me for sure all right everybody casting stuff right now get at tyra her just her, her link will be in the description below get at tyra and somebody also make sure on the set you are hiring a makeup artist who can do graphic lines graphic lines yes what it's called graphic lines. graphic liner graphic liner yeah because that would be great and, to add to her character yeah and also if my character could have a couple swear words oh my gosh all <laughs> the swear <laughs> words all of the she's just gonna swear all the time and have the most amazing graphic liner in the world that's a great character all right I well maybe it. we'll just write it we'll just write yeah, it why not? we'll just write it ourselves why wait why wait for anybody hey somebody <laughs> listening jump on the train we're about to write this and you don't want to yeah. miss this train exactly well tyra thank you so so much it's been like such a blast chatting with you and it's just nice to have a i feel like it's been years that i've like known of you or we've been in each other's like periphery peripheral yeah so it's just really nice to actually get to chat with you and have some vodka crayon. If I have a UTI, I don't anymore. It's gone hey, from this. That's how it works. That's how it works. You just need a singular vodka crayon and you are good to go. I'm not a doctor, but, no, but I'm concerned. But um, do I have a UTI now? No. Did I have a no. more? Who knows? Yeah. So I'm so cured. It works. It works. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast, or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online, spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers. <laughs>